Hello. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Lily Cox. And I'm Nikki Pope. And this week we're discussing charities in the industry. We all know we're a very caring industry. And so this week we're looking at what charities exist, what they do, and whether we as an industry are doing enough to support them and their work. Our first guest is somebody we know well and who has committed a lot of her time, particularly in the recent years, to supporting charities. Welcome, Samantha Grocutt, founder of Essence PR and currently president of the Hairdressers Charity. This is an organisation dedicated to helping individuals in our industry in whichever way they need. And joining Sam, we're delighted to have Stuart Roberts with us. Stuart is the founder of Haircuts for Homeless, an organisation that has enabled more than 300 volunteers to complete 35,000 haircuts across the UK and Ireland for the homeless since it was set up. Welcome, Welcome guys. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So a big subject to talk about. We, Lily and I, see a lot of stories and coverage and we hear a lot of talk in the industry about the different charities and causes that hairdressers support and clearly a very caring industry. We're interested in particular in your two stories. So Stuart, tell us a little bit about what you've set up in the last few years in your particular focus on homeless. Um, it, I started in November of uh, 2014. Uh, I just started on my own in Romford and I was actually just going to do a few haircuts on my own. And um, it went down really well. Done a session, and I, I sort of put on Facebook what I'd done, and a few a few friends said I will come and help. It was at Sally Army in Romford, so the next thing the Sally Army in Ilford said, "Can you come to us?" So I had a couple going. Um, before I knew it, we had three or four places, and quite a few hairdressers wanting to join in, and I could see that it was something that we could replicate. Yeah. Um, which has now, as you said, developed to over. You know, nearly very nearly fifty over the across the UK. So you have a network of teams who work yeah. in different towns or in different venues. Yeah. yeah. When did you start this all up? How long ago? Uh, November two thousand fourteen. So oh, okay. just so just yeah. over four years. years yeah. Yeah. And it's grown. That's a huge amount. Yeah. It's yeah. quite. It's the, mm. the, it, it it was one of those things that initially I was out trying to get. You know, do you want us to come? Do you want you know? And as soon as it got some momentum. Um, it, it, then it's like, can you come here? You know, we had that tipping point. Yeah. You know, we're all of a sudden, we're, you know. Um, and we are still only a small community group, and it is only me running it. Um, but we are about to get, you know, we've applied for charitable status, and we're hoping to get to the next stage. But That'll make more structured. Yeah, yeah. So just briefly, uh, so it's haircuts. So it's, what services are you able to offer? So not colouring or anything like that it's no. more about grooming styling yeah we keep it basic and simple um, it depends on the centre where we are because all centres are different where we work so sometimes we've got washing facilities sometimes it's just as as they come from the street so um, we keep it simple There's, we, we, we don't do colouring um, we do all sort of clipper work and, and styling and, and if we get a chance we do you know, finishing as well for both men and women. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, as in, you know, it each each centre is so different. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. there's a higher element of women as well. Um, but sometimes it's a quite a male predominant place. Yeah. It depends on where we are. And it, you rely on volunteers. Yeah. And funded at the moment. How have you managed to get the funding? Over the years, the the, the, the people have been the best for us. Have been the lottery. Have been really helpful. 
it was funny because the first year I said I, I applied for it and you could have up to 10,000 and I thought I won't need that I'll apply for six that'd be plenty yeah. you know mm. and then before I knew it we'd, we'd sort of doubled in size and it, it sort of it's disappeared gone. really quickly yeah, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> the more projects you have and go so off. the next year we went for the full 10 and then the following year was really lucky because we won the People's Project Awards. And this is with the National Lottery? That was a National Lottery competition with all the people that are, that are doing projects and we, we actually won £46,000 on that. Gosh. Uh, that really helped us to grow it. Mm. So that might sound like quite a lot to somebody listening. So where, yeah. where might £46,000 go? What sort of costs do you have? It, you know, That's that, not a it, silly question. It's, it's not, but you know, as it grew, it went... It went less and less because it, you know you're victim of your own success because when you've got ten projects it goes a long way you know yeah. but once you get to fifty yeah. you know like ten thousand pound for the year say yeah. is only a couple hundred pound per project so it, it, and that know, might be to buy something they need like equipment or products or it, t-shirts gowns right. project you know we've been very lucky with donations from some of the companies you know mm. we've had you know simply try been great they've given us lots of towels and you know keto scissors have been great. But you, you know, it, when we haven't got donations, we have to rely on buying stuff. Yeah. So coming to you, Sam, tell us a bit about the hairdressers charity. Yeah. So actually, the hairdressers charity um, is in. It's basically it was established in 1853. So, but it's had various guises. And you're talking about going through charitable status. We actually went through charitable status three years ago. Right. So we were actually benevolent for most of the the time. So since 1853, we've been established. But most of that time was a benevolent, which was kind of like a charity but you didn't get a charitable status so there was various things that you can and can't do mm-hmm. um and pe- people kind of know us probably more from our hair and beauty benevolent days but we mm-hmm. rebranded recently to the hairdressers charity kept it really simple mm-hmm. so people know what we do and ultimately what we do is we help hairdressers in need so that can be somebody who's been in the industry for a long time has fallen on hard times it could be fairly new to the industry we help a combination I think we help around about 350 adults a year um, with financial support and about 75 children but the good thing about you know our industry is it's it's a wonderful industry when you're doing very well but also very, it can very quickly be taken from you and those are the people that we aren't um, you know that's the people that we're trying to help with the people who've maybe just fallen on hard times yeah. it might just be for six months it might be for the rest of their life. And it might be actual giving them finance or by helping buy a piece of equipment or yeah. a holiday or something. I yeah. suppose it's it's not immediately obvious, is it, with these kind of cases, who does need help and who doesn't. Yeah. Like, as you were saying, Sam, with some of with the children's cases, you wouldn't necessarily think of them as contributing to, to yeah. the industry, but... The kind of the relationship to it yeah and we have you know we have a committee we meet every month um and we probably have anything from say 10 to 20 case studies each month that come through asking us for help that's what basically comes to the committee so before the committee the head office team um jean and natalie have already sort of maybe spoken to people on the phone or um, through email and actually decided who is who were able to help and then once they come to the committee as a committee we then decide is it something that we're able to help financially do we need to maybe help them put in touch with somebody um, is it something um, like product they need or they need some advice or mentoring you have to be very careful as a charity you can't get too involved you have to be quite a little bit hands-off and just basically 
helping with what they need well, not why, what you see why they can't need. you get too involved um because again at the charitable commissions and so forth so you can't really give oh, opinions right. and you can't really mm. tell them where to go you just have to focus on what they need right now right then yeah and not try to sort of you can't advise i suppose yeah you can't yeah. advise at all yeah, yeah. So. so where does your funding come from so our funding actually comes from the hairdressing industry so we look to we want to raise two hundred thousand pounds a year so it's not a huge amount um, in the eyes of you know some of the charities, the national charities out there, but for the industry actually it really makes a big difference. I would say half of that money is come comes through the manufacturers. So we have some great support from um, the sort of the big manufacturers you you'd hope to would be supporting us, um, and then some of the smaller brands as well. But ultimately, what we're wanting is support from the hairdressers because this is the hairdressers' charity, um, and so we help other hairdressers. So if we can sort of raise money from hairdressers doing their own individual events and activities, that means a they're helping to raise money, but b they're aware the charity exists. So in case they might know a colleague or a friend that does need help, they can actually come to the hairdressers' charity. A lot of people don't even know we exist, even though we've been we're actually yeah. the oldest charity mm. in the UK, and people do not know we exist. Sometimes knowing what's there, isn't it? And being able to direct people. Yes, and I think there's an industry, you touched on it earlier, it's very caring and everybody has their sort of chosen charities that Mm -hmm. they help and so forth. Um, And I think that's the best thing you can do is, you know, the good thing about the hairdressing community is is that you've got a great skill. So it's not just about, you know, obviously with the the physical cutting of hair, but actually you're really empathetic people as well. So you, you have a lot of people sat in your chair telling you their lives and you'll just have this font of knowledge, which I always think with hairdressers mm. is fascinating. I think that we're great listeners. Mm. You wouldn't think it when you get a group of hairdressers together because they don't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you, you know, we are, you know, great listeners, and this is why, uh, particularly when we go to something like homeless centres and that, that mm. we, you know, we give people a voice. Yeah. And you know, as it says, often they feel invisible, but we, you know, we take the time. And it's very personal what we do. Yeah. yeah. And as you say about giving people, and you know, as an industry, I've been blown away by the amount of support yeah. we've had from. And mm. and also, the, the, by the very nature of hairdressing, you're somebody who touches other people, if you yeah. like. So whether it's the elderly or people with dementia or rough sleepers or yeah. somebody who's you know has some sort of illness or incapacity in some way, often a hairdresser will be one of the few people that actually will lay hands on them and yeah. give them some personal. Content. care and yeah. self-esteem as well and I think that makes it a very very special yeah we do I mean I've found a lot of the times uh, head massaging I do a lot of head massaging um, and you can find the sort of biggest angriest man will calm down completely when you lay hands on him you know yeah. in the right way you know like um, and it's really has as a you know I've, yeah. I've seen it really really work yeah. Mm. And bring actually bring people to tears before because they they can't believe someone will touch them and talk to them and take time for them. Yeah, mm. yeah. I've been involved with the head of this charity probably for about twelve years now, and what I've noticed in the last couple of years is a real increase in people who have just almost like fallen through the cracks. Mm. Um, you know, as you say, if it's debt. But they're working, you know, they said they are hairdressers, they've worked. And it, it sometimes has nothing to do with them, it's just the circumstances. They might have been having a really bad relationship or 
and more and more actually, it's got a lot of mental issues are coming through now. So yeah. just you know, just not being able to cope with you know things, and maybe depression kicks in, which then has a knock-on effect with their life and their bills and their money, and just coping day to day. So we are finding actually that you know they're a lot more younger coming through asking for help, mm-hmm. and actually um, you know, and they've just they just need somebody to just give them a little push, a little help. And so sometimes we maybe need to, as you say, support them for six months. And that six months, we know, will mean that actually they might be able to pay their rent. They could maybe get on top yeah. of, you know, the food bills or their child. Or sometimes we might just take the children on. You know, the mother might be working. Or quite often there's these sort of sad situations going on within the family that you can't really get too involved in. But just even just a small bit of money every month... Yeah just takes off the pressure yeah. and it yeah. means that they can get back on top. So in six months, they should be okay again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's and giving somebody a break, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And we, we, get them break coming, yeah. we get them, they do come back to us and they do say, thank you, I'm fine now. Yeah. I don't need it, which again, never used to happen. We never used to have people yeah. stopping. They used to just, you know, eventually you would either drop off or something like that. But now we're literally getting people saying, thank you, that's just what I needed. I just needed that help for six yeah. months yeah. and I'm back on track and I really appreciate it. I've um, worked with the crisis at Christmas shelters um, a couple of years and there will be guests there who are using the services, but then you might find volunteers who will say, actually, I was a guest a few years ago or mm. that was me. And I think these days it could be all of us and, yeah. and might be. Mm. So I was interested to hear, Stuart, that you're now starting to build a training yeah. aspect to your charity, your organisation. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, it, And as you said, it, people are younger and younger coming in and we're finding younger and younger people that are homeless. And, it's like the uh, hidden homeless, it, isn't it? it, it yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a bit scary. And... But also that even someone could be recently had the TV advert and one of the girls in there, and she won't mind me saying because I spoke to her Monday, she, <laughs> she, um, she loved being in it actually. Yeah. But, uh, she, she got part way through her training mm. before she had the circumstance of becoming homeless and that, you know, yeah. and, and it's, she's going to be our, my first student. So, you know, I'm going to help her get back the confidence, finish her training and, uh, you know, then she can help volunteer with us and then, you know, we'll so get like her a, a job, you know. Like a nice circle, isn't it? Yeah. Perfect advocate for it you. It is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll be sure to link to that video as well in our show notes. So do oh, right. yeah. scroll That's down and have a look at that one. Yeah, yeah. So you've, so you've, you've let go of your salon. And you're putting your attention to gaining the charitable status yeah. and to yeah. growing the the training side, which you're interested yeah. in. It's not to lose what we initially set out to no, do. No. We're going to continue to grow because after the TV advert hit, I've had, I'm still trying to get through. You know, we had 700 emails, so you know. Okay, so if somebody wants to get involved, Stuart, with you, they can get in contact and find out how they might be able to volunteer to do. To join a team in yeah. your network yeah so we can put that in the show notes so yeah. somebody might yeah but equally if they don't feel that that's for them presumably any funding and any fundraising is welcome yeah we've got a, a donation page on our website so if they go to the website they want a small amount of money and they're, they're more than welcome to uh, we've got a donate button and it links to paypal so it goes straight through yeah Perfect. So a little question then, if somebody was interested in volunteering, what kind of commitment do you look to get from them? Uh, that's great, because yeah, I was quite strict early on. We really only want half a day 
once a month. Okay. That's all I want from people because I'd, I'd like to give a, give, give them a, a small amount of time to us, um, but to be able to keep doing it. Yeah, to be lot, reliable. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, if we don't overload volunteers, we've got more chance of keeping them. You yeah. know, mm. um, so, and the thing is, I've learned, you know, there's nothing more valuable than time. Yeah. You know, you give someone a bit of money, it's great, but you give someone your time, you know, yeah. you've only got 24 hours a day, it's precious. Mm. So I am eternally grateful for all our volunteers for all the time they do give. So if somebody was to volunteer, they might find themselves in a small team of three or four people, yeah. perhaps working an afternoon or a morning. Yeah. At a some at a venue like a Salvation Army or, or somewhere w- which is set yeah. up to cope. With yeah, that's it. If it's an established group, yeah. you know they'll be able to. The best way I can keep in contact is um, I've got like forty odd groups of WhatsApp groups, so we all get you know haircuts for homeless. Brighton's got a group, and we just right. add. I'll add them to that, and then they can catch up yeah. on what's happening. And any ability, any at any stage, or are you looking for a certain level of qualification or? Uh, oh, it, it, you need to be experienced um, because it's not I wouldn't say it's overly challenging I don't want to put people off but you, you know you don't want to be worrying about your hair skill and worrying about the environment you're in mm. so it's best to be at a confident level of cutting and styling yeah um, to be able to cope with it but you know like we've it, it tends to be yeah I've had people say that they're learning and they want to come and it's not really the environment for that yeah and what about if somebody listening wants to offer their salon? Are you looking for salon environments no. or do you... No. No. And I, sorry, I cut you off on that, but <laughs> no, I, it's, it's just a straight no be because it, we've got to be practical about these things. And I've, I've had loads of people offer their salon, but that's not what we did. You know, I, I, there's, it's great for what people are... I know some salons open their doors. I know some people go... There's the, the sh- Hair Foundation, which yeah. <clears throat> Martin Maxey set up last year, which is a similar... Actually, that is a Sunday in a salon once yeah. a month. Yeah. And as you say, that is great. It's got its yeah. own challenges, and yeah. they're not challenges that I address. So yeah. um, to, to, I have to sort of stick to my core of, of this to be able to keep, you know, because there's a lot of responsibility. Um, so I'm not, yeah, great if they want to do that. If, if people want to go out on the street, I, I, I couldn't have people out on the street doing it because I wouldn't be able to keep them safe, you know. So it's uh, it's got to be manageable. Yeah. So it's this is why we go to a... There's, there's so many of these great homeless centres, Salvation Armies, all these places mm. where homeless people go to get something to eat or to get, you know... Yeah, the shelters and, and we the different add agencies. add it on, we're just a bolt-on service for them there. Yeah, it makes so complete it, sense, doesn't it? It, it is, yeah. it's already there. The best thing I say to people, if, you wanna, if you're thinking of doing it, just come and watch your session. You know, yeah. come to the nearest one to you. Come and just see what we do. Yeah. See if it's for you. Because it isn't for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the people it is for, love it. Yeah. And Sam, in your experience of fundraising, which I know you personally have done a lot of fundraising, mm. but also supporting people with ideas on what they can do and how they can get involved, what sort of fundraising, from a hairdresser's point of view, do you see as being really effective, or, or how would you encourage people to get started? Yeah, well, we're, um, as, as part of the charity, but also from the PR side of things, the, the easiest thing is actually doing what you do, which is haircuts. <laughs> Um, you know quite often um, we uh, we will say to people you know we we started this initiative called one hour one day so basically one day you might need us so give up one hour of your time so what we were doing is encouraging hairdressers to come in an hour earlier or stay an hour later 
to um, do a, a haircut, but that haircut, instead of obviously going to the till, just basically gets donated to the charity. So the hairdresser's giving up like one hour of their time and giving up one haircut. The salon's very kindly opening up early and encouraging their team to do that. Um, and that was something that um, we started two years ago and it's just starting to grow. We're, we're gonna do it annually now. Um, mm -hmm. Date-wise, I think last time we did it in October, so it'll be October, November time each year. We also have another day called Helping Hairdressers Day, which again is encouraging sort of students and hairdressers to do something simple like donate their tips that day. Um, again, you know, do a bake sale, offer um, a raffle, you know, quite often really simple one, which I know seems to work very well. You can see this on social media with some of our supporters is they'll do a big raffle of, of hair products and then the you know customers will buy a ticket for a pound and then you know they raffle it off on that day and for us you know even just if you can raise 10 15 pounds in a day or if you can raise a thousand pounds in a day it's great for us every penny counts um because mm -hmm. and also interestingly the money that we raise always goes back into the charity so um 100 of the money raised is actually helping people in the, in the charity as well so um, and then for people who are wanting something a little bit more glitz and glam um, on March the 4th, Monday, March the 4th this year, we're ho holding a fundraising ball in London. So there's going to be an amazing hair show and that's a proper sit down, three course dinner, black tie event. Um, so lots of different things that people can get different involved levels. with. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing is to decide what you like doing and yeah. then think of a way of making some fundraising out of it, perhaps, for sure. you know, yeah. whether it's a sport or whether it's yeah. your hairdressing or whether it's baking or yeah reading or you know and ultimately you know with you know and i'm saying with Stuart is you can either do it with, you know yourself or if you just want to join in with the charities already creating so we have things that we've created that people can just join in um but then we've got lots of hairdressers who will just go off and do it themselves and they'll just send a check or you know donate yeah. to just giving we've yeah. also got for people who don't want to do anything at all um, if you go on to um, the website again for the hairdressers charity you've got the donate button yeah. and you can go we call it the cappuccino campaign and it's a two pound a month every month it's less than a, cost, a cup of coffee costs um, mm -hmm. and it just comes out of your bank account and that's yeah. it and you just get a nice warm feel, filming feeling sorry warm <laughs> feel yeah. feel warm feeling <laughs> warm feeling and then, um, yeah. and that's it. And you've done yeah. your bit. And yeah. you know, and to be honest, I do that with a lot of charities. Yeah. And I've been doing that for a long time. For I've got my own personal charities. Obviously, I do it for the hairdressers' charity as well. Yeah. And it comes out of my bank account. I don't really think about it anymore. Yeah. And it's done. Yeah. I think it's yeah, it's personal. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that I think it's important what you said as well about mm. it. Nothing being too small. Yeah. Because I know it's as obviously after the TV campaign. We didn't have that donate button on the website at all. We've leading up to it, and they said you're going to need to put one on because Teddy's very big, and you know it started to come in. I was yeah. like quite shocked. Yeah. But then I've seen some people have put a hundred pounds in, you know. Mm. But I had one donation through PayPal of fifty pence. Right. Yeah. Now it's important because yeah. all of that it comes as a whole, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and it, yeah. it it's if someone's got fifty pence and they give it, yeah. that's great. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So and absolutely. It's really, uh, and the monthly thing is is something else I saw that people do, do yeah. you know, a small yeah. amount. A small amount monthly, monthly I think. Yeah, I think yeah. And that's just as valuable because you can plan. So if yeah. you know that you've got it makes it manageable, doesn't four it? or five yeah. pounds coming yeah. in every in. month, yeah. then you can yeah. plan. It's lovely to have a big donation, but actually yeah. you don't always know yeah. what's going to happen next. Um, yeah. we're, we're quite fortunate we've got, you know, companies like Sally's and Alan Howard who 
do a lot of fundraising as well within all of their stores because obviously they have lots of stores around the yeah. country. So not only are they helping us you know, fundraise, but they're getting the message of the charity out yeah. to all of those stores around the country yeah. as well because they're, you know, they're kind of encouraging them. Sally's did a great thing called um, uh, Spread the Sparkle at Christmas time. Oh, nice. They did it the whole of December and all the money, so all the stores under the Sally's umbrella basically did an activity of some form every day throughout Christmas and then donated the money through so and you know and they were doing some really fab things as I've been going around the country I've met loads and loads of hairdressers you know I've met hairdressers from all different yeah that I never would have met and the camaraderie and these teams are building mm. you know my Dublin team and there again it's a great thing if once the team I said earlier about that I, I aim for the people to come from the town, obviously, because of location-wise, it's easier. Yes, yeah, so you but, want people working in their own yeah, locality. Yeah. Yeah. If we open up in Stockport, we want people from Stockport to come and do it, because then it's their town, it's their people, yeah. and they take ownership. Um, and the Dublin team have been great. They've done a, a fundraising walk, as you say, they mm. become self-supporting and self-generating. Mm. So then they, they raised 2,000 euros, so they was buying their own stuff and then opened up in Limerick you know and they've got another team that are doing a great stuff down there so it's fantastic uh, these little pods all going yeah and it's you know what's really funny though is that the the whatsapp groups vary from you know like different parts of the country that the chat is different I can believe that that must be really interesting honestly if I could share you the Dublin chat it's really really funny are you in every every whatsapp group yeah it's on silent yeah I was going to say it's on silent it has to be on silent you must get bombarded in group chat it is a group chat email and then and then people get please bear like that I'll say this one this is public please bear with me because I I am really trying to get back to everyone, but then you... Yeah. Well, no you wonder know, you've had to stop the sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I've got Time the job. Facebook Messenger, and then it's some is mm. Instagram Messenger, and some is email, and some... I know, you know there's so many ways people can reach uh, you now, This is the there? thing yeah. I find now. That, you know, I just, what, the, I, I just say, just one, can you yeah. just do it through one, one channel? Yeah, channel. Yeah, if we, if really we somehow funnel it into one, one channel. You've got to be organised. I think, you know, if I was a salon owner or a large group owner getting your team together to do some fundraising is such a brilliant way of building your family actually yeah and I and I do think personally I see younger people being very engaged and being very supportive I think perhaps sometimes you just need to show them how yeah as well so I think it's if you've got younger team members it's trying to Mm. make sure that they do feel that they're contributing and really feel that it's important and that they're valued and that what they can put in whether it's time or skills or finances is just as important as somebody doing the big gesture absolutely well it feeds into what Stuart and and Sam have already said about no donation being too small whether it is your time or your money or your cappuccino campaign Mm -hmm. of just donating three pounds that you would have spent on a Costa coffee that morning I like what you did there, you put it up a pound. Yeah, did you? Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you do the national price of coffee, not just the London price of coffee. Yeah, I know, sorry. <laughs> we are a little bit London-centric with this podcast, yeah. apologies. <laughs> Let's ask each of you in turn, what would be the three things, fairly sort of briefly, but for our listeners, Stuart, if there were three things that you need that people could get involved, what would be the three things? The, the first thing would be people, you know, because our, our project has just been built on people. Yeah. So volunteers. So if you want to volunteer with us, you know, get in touch with me by 
one of the veins. Um, even if you're not a hairdresser, even if you're, you know, we even need people to come along and do the list so there's no quarrelling who goes next, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So the support. Yeah, any, any, any of that stuff. So it's, it's people, it's product companies, you know, I, I forgot to say that recently, you know, I was expecting that Evo products uh, said to me about, oh, do you need some products? And I was waiting and they said, oh, something's coming and it, I was thinking it's the box got a pallet on my drive now <laughs> you know Brilliant. you know and it's so it's a, but even even yeah even if they even if someone does give me a little box i'm grateful but yeah pallets are great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then the last thing is money obviously money's just fuel. You, know, you look at money how you want but money's fuel you, you ain't got no fuel in the car you can't go anywhere yeah uh, and as we said it mm. is even a big bit or a little bit or a little bit on a regular basis uh you know on our website really donate page thank you very much Lovely. And for you, Sam? Um, For us, again, probably sounds very similar in the sense of, um, you know, the charity isn't well known. So ultimately, what I want people to be doing is talking about us. So people should know that there is a charity to help people when they need help at the last moment. Um, Donations, big, small, massive. Thank you very much. Whether you're a hairdresser, whether you're somebody in the industry, whether you're a manufacturer, anybody and anyone can be involved and help fundraise. Um, and then, you know, just get involved. Again, for us, very key is social media. So make sure you're following us on social media because that's where we talk a lot about our activities and thanking people and letting people know what we're doing. So, you know, get following us on social media as well. Fabulous. Thank you so much, guys. It's been really great for such a big topic as always so we've just made a start by talking with our two guests today thank you very much to sam grocutt and to stuart roberts for talking about the hairdressers charity and haircuts for homeless respectively mm-hmm. to help you learn more about the charities we've discussed today and the ways that you can get involved nikki and i have prepared some show notes for you with the relevant links so please do scroll down to find them and if you're listening on itunes please don't forget to rate review and subscribe to respectfully if you'd like to join in the conversation, you can email us at info at ihaa.co.uk and we will definitely be coming back at some point in the future to talk with Sam and Stuart about where we're up to and the next steps. Thank you very much. Thanks yeah. for joining us, guys. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thanks. Thank Bye-bye. You. Thank you. Bye.